0: welcome to extraterrestrial reality today we're going to talk about cattle mutilations again i know this is a subject that i talk about pretty regularly on this podcast but uh, i believe it's time to talk about it again and there are reasons for that uh anyway there was an article that just uh came out just recently on April 3rd, and this is from Unilad. And the headline of the article is, Farming couple blame aliens after 20 cows were brutally mutilated with no trace of blood. That's usually how it goes, right? No trace of blood. Okay. A farming couple in Australia are pointing their fingers at aliens after having multiple cows mutilated in the most bizarre way. Judy and Mick Cook were shocked when they discovered one of their cattle had been attacked back in 2018. They work on a remote central Queensland property, property and found the animal had had its udders, ears, and tongues removed with incredible precision. There was no blood on the ground, and yet these bloody body parts were hacked off without Judy or Mick noticing. Mick told ABC News at the time, it was like it had been surgically removed. I certainly couldn't do it as neat a job with a sh- very sharp knife, and it definitely wasn't an animal. I thought at first it might have been poisoned, but then I got closer. I saw the body parts missing. There was no blood, even where the parts had been removed. No sign of struggle. Just dead. Continuing here, it says there was just no reason or rhyme for for it to be done the way it was done. People don't use those parts. It's not just it's just not something that w- you would wish on your worst enemy. In the time since that grisly discovery, they say around 20 cows have been found dead in the same way. How is it happening? It must have something that lifts it up and puts it down and doesn't leave any marks, uh, Judy told uh, the the wife here in this, in the, in this uh, situation said. Aliens are the only explanation I have got. She said they have witnessed strange lights from time to time on their property at night. You get this light, it will jump up and go down, jump up and go down, Judy said. Then fade away and become bright again. Then fade away and, and become bright. She also revealed that the other cows avoid the ones that have been mutilated and very much keep their distance. When the first cow was discovered, a local vet told ABC that the way the organs had been cut out were was very strange. David Lemon says the udders, ears, and tongues r- aren't really that valuable. I deal with everything, you know, all creatures great and small, and I can't think of any explanation for it. That's not normal human behavior, is it, he said. That's something quite bizarre and ill. I would say the person that has done that is not mentally stable. We're talking eyes, we're talking ears, we're talking udders. No, I've never heard of anything like that ever. That's something or someone very ill who's done that. Cow mutilation has been reported in multiple countries over the last few decades, and authorities have been at a loss. At finding an explanation behind it. Well, let me just tell you something, folks. The reason that they have not found an explanation behind this is because uh, there's scientists really aren't looking into it. Everything that has, when you really look into this situation, when you look at cat- cattle mutilation and what's going on, uh, it's all reactive. There's no real proactive stuff going on. I mean, if you you would think if you're a scientist, right? This is a mystery that's been going on that we know about since the 1970s. Now we're talking like 50 years here, at least. I mean, actually, the first case, the first well-known case, was in the late 1960s, but it's been ongoing uh, in different countries over the world uh, uh, over the years for like fi- over 50 years that we, we're aware of, and yet all we ever do is react. We just have stories like this all the time. I mean, in, in the United States, there's different uh, parts of the United States. Like in Colorado, it seems to happen a lot. You know, there was just last year I talked about, there was an article about a whole bunch of cattle getting mutilated over a period of time in, on this one ranch in Colorado. It's happening all the time. And all, all we ever do, all there's no scientists really looking into it. They don't care, right? Right. The government looked into it back in the seventies or whatever, and they come out and they say, "Oh, it's uh, sa- Satanists. Uh, that's what it might be. Satanists or predators. Even though the, these the the removed body parts like the ears, the eyeballs, the utters, uh, the tongues, like th- these body parts are removed with laser. Apparently, with lasers, there's you know there's they're cauterized after after these uh, these p- parts are removed and and it's cauterized. There's a cauterized wound there. It's like, it's obviously, according to some people who looked at this, it seems like it's an obvious laser cut. And then, of course, the missing blood. I mean, there's blood missing from these animals. In fact, a lot of these cases are completely drained of blood. Now, I've had on, uh, I've talked before in the past that uh, during different podcasts that, uh... There's there's this former engineer, electronics engineer, who I talk to regularly. He's an anonymous source for me. He's just somebody that has a lot of different ideas and uh, about aliens and what they're up to. And he believes that they're colonizing the planet and that they're the reason for these cattle mutilations is because these beings are insects and they need blood to survive and that's how they're getting their blood. They're they're mutilating animals. And the reason I think that we probably notice that it's cattle most of the time is because we're, we're, there's a lot of ranchers in, in the world that are raising cattle. I mean, how many other animals are getting mutilated that we just don't know about? Now, there have been instant instances where there's been horses that have been mutilated. That happens every now and then. Uh, but it's, for the most part, we, we, what we know is cattle. But I, it could be other animals too. I mean, in fact, I, I think there's a possibility that the uh, the uh, in 1994, in August of 1994, I, my... When my sighting that I, that I talk about all the time on my podcast, I believe that that possibly could have been. Uh, there might have been looking for deer that night. I mean, I, I'll, I'll lay it out for you. Basically, what happened was, uh, I, you know, I go to this. Uh, my my one friend calls me up, and this is in Pennsylvania here. And he calls me up and he says he wants to go. Wants to know if I want to go fishing with him at this uh, at this private lake near Hazleton, Pennsylvania. I was like, yeah, all right. So we're gonna go. It's gonna be even. We're gonna go in the night. It's gonna be night fishing, and he, you know, he picks me up later in the afternoon, uh, like four thirty, five o'clock, or whatever. And we go. We we drive to this place called Beach Mountain Lakes. It's a, it's a gated community that's situated around this lake. It's a really nice place, <clears throat> and you have to go through. There's a guard there. You just can't drive in. You got to stop at the guard shack, and you know. Sign in and his he his, my buddy's mom knew somebody who lived there, so that's how he was able to get permission to go fishing there. However, he did not want to go fishing at the lake, there was this small pond off the lake that he wanted to go fishing on. And I was like, Yeah, what does it matter? That sounds good, you know. So, we went fishing to this little pond off the lake, and when we got there, it was dusk. And uh, so we're fishing for a few hours. We weren't catching anything. And then around 10 o'clock at night, I turned around to get something out of the tackle box. And I could, And and behind me was like an open field with, with tall grass. And on the perimeter was a forest. And I could see behind the trees these three giant bright lights, like ho- moving behind the trees. And then they moved into this uh, clearing. And, and that's when I said to my buddies, I said, what the hell's that? And he's there, I don't know, right? And then this, this big object is as big as a house starts moving right toward our position. And it was only like two and a half stories off the ground. And then when it got to where we were standing, it basically stopped. My buddy was standing under the edge of it with a flashlight shining it up on the bottom of this thing. Right, and, and then the thing start moving. Start, at that point, I was like, let's get the hell out of here. I thought the thing was going to land. I thought it was going to land right there in front of us. I thought we were going to get dragged in the in the spacecraft, you know, the, like the Pascagoula guys or something. I didn't know why. I, I just had, I, I felt stark fear. I thought this thing was going to land. I mean, there was no sound whatsoever. And here, I'm within 20 feet of this thing, and it's hovering right in front of me, two and a half stories off the ground. I was waiting for it to land right in front of me. And then so I've said to my buddy let's get the hell out of here we and he we immediately both of us start throwing all the stuff in the back of the pickup truck and got in and we're f- flying out of there right and meanwhile, the things start moving in a different direction then, just hovering over the trees. And, and it was really unbelievably close to the trees. I mean, there's no way any kind of man-made craft would ever dare fly this close to trees. Now, I didn't see this, but my buddy said buddy said the trees were like, it, it, they are bending down. The tips of them were bending down uh, by some invisible force. But anyway, so we get on this dirt road. And we had to stop. I mean, we're all—both of us—are in a panic. We had to stop, and, and when we're stopped there, there was like at least twenty deer, at least twenty deer running away from the direction where that thing just flew, going across our path. Now, uh, then we finally got out of there. We were both in shock. But you know, looking back at it now, I mean, there's all different kinds of possibilities. I mean, recently I was talking to a UFO researcher, Preston Dennett, and he says that. He believes that the aliens knew I was there, and they came. They knew that we were there, and they came there. And they're sh- showing themselves. Um, could be. I don't know. I, there's no proof of that, but it could be. I mean, he might be right about that. Uh, one of the ideas I had was that we were just ha- maybe they were coming to go. You know, uh, you know, you know. They hear about these things, uh, collect. You know. Uh, getting water from different places. Maybe they're going to that pond to to, to 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 suck up some water or something. Who knows, right? Or maybe they were there for the animals. I mean, if all these deer were running away from the direction where that thing went, maybe they're there to mutilate a couple of deer. I mean, who knows? I don't know, but it's possible. Uh, but you know, the other thing now, now. Now, speaking of Preston Dennett, now he he when I talked to him in a recent interview, he he said that he doesn't think he thinks the government's Uh, are behind cattle mutilations I I can't believe that I know that Preston is he's a really good researcher he has written 30 books I just don't believe that. I think there's way more evidence that suggests that the, that actual extraterrestrials are responsible. I mean, it's been going on for so long now. I mean, and there are there are some stories where some ranchers, are fed up with this thing happening, will 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 stay out at late at night trying to watch to see what's going on, and sometimes they'll see a strange light, you know, showing up, and then you know, the next morning they go out and there was another mutilated cow, you know, no sound. There's been stories like that. I've, there was other stories like Linda Moulton Howe investigated so many different cases. There was, in one of her documentaries, there was a, a couple that actually saw uh, some alien beings uh, taking a, 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 bringing a cow onto a craft in broad daylight. Uh, and they were very believable people. I mean, I don't see why anybody would make something like that up. Um so it's something that's uh, to me as far as I'm concerned aliens are responsible why they're doing it that that remains an open question but however, this anonymous source that I have that this former electronics engineer who worked for places like NASA the CIA, and weapons manufacturers uh, contractors <clears throat> now he talks about this and he thinks that that they are that these things are you know there are you have the greys, and then you have the, the insectoids that seem to be in charge of the greys. I mean, maybe they're all insect-based life forms uh, and that's the, and they need blood to survive and that's what's going on. And that's the reasoning behind catamutilations. But the bottom line is we really don't know. But what we do know is that it's happening and it continues to happen in different parts of the world and it, it's never stopped. It's always been happening. <clears throat> and the problem is, the problem that I have with all of this Is the biggest problem I have is that the scientific community is—they're not doing anything about it. They're just not doing anything about it. Now I'm going to get into another article here before I go off on my tirade that that I'm—that that's been that I've been thinking about ever since I read this. I read this article yesterday, and ever since then I've been thinking about all this and how basically the scientific community has let us down. But before we—before I go there, I just want to. There was another article here that I want to go through that uh is, you know, I'll leave the links for all these articles by the way that this article was from the hist- history.com uh, and the history and this article is titled the mysterious history of Cattle mutilation uh, let's go through some of this. It says here the bovine corpses stunned the ranchers who found them. The animals' eyes, ears, eyes, udders, anuses, sex organs, and tongues had routinely been removed, seemingly with a sharp, clean instrument. Their carcasses had been drained of blood. No tracks or footprints were found in the immediate vicinity, nor were any of the uh, usual opportunistic scavengers. Between April and October of 1975, nearly 200 cases of cattle mutilation were reported in the state of Colorado alone. Far from being mere tabloid fodder, it had become a nationally recognized issue. That year, the Colorado Associated Press voted it the state's number one story. Colorado's then-Senator Floyd Haskell asked the Federal Bureau of, of Investigation to get involved. Now, let's just stop here for a minute. Now, this was just in the 70s, but this this is not stopped. This is, it's still going on. Now, we don't know. I don't know what the numbers are right now. Right? I really don't know. I'm not sure if anybody's really keeping account or, or if somebody's keeping stats on this. I don't know, but it's still going on. Like, as we just read, there's this article from Australia that they lost 20 cattle since 2018, these two people. Anyway, continuing here, it says, Throughout the 1970s, cases had continued to mount throughout the American heartland and in 1979 after thousands of reported cattle mutilations causing millions of dollars of livestock losses the FBI finally opened an investigation into a series of cases that had reportedly taken place on New Mexico's Indian lands. Pressure came in part from a heated public symposium on the subject that had been convened by the state's science-minded U.S. Senator Harrison Schmidt, who had a Ph.D. in geology from Harvard and had walked on the moon as an Apollo 17 astronaut ultimately the fbi's inquiry poured cold water on the idea that something strange was afoot on january 15, 1980 the bureau closed the investigation putting out a statement saying that none of the reported cases has involved what appear to be mutilations by other than common predators locals sharply disagreed. I've been around cattle all my life and I can assure and I can sure tell whether it's been done by coyotes or a sharp instrument sheriff George Jarnell of Elbert County a rural area south of Denver told the New York Times in the fall of 1975. Mysterious livestock mutilations weren't confined to the 1970s or to the United States. Similar cases involving sheep, cows, or horses have been reported as far back as the early 17th century and as recently as 2019. Well, obviously, there's a stop there. This this article is from 2021, but there have been reports since 2019. It's it's never stopped. Uh, the, The 70s cases, however, brought the most widespread attention. Well, yeah, of course the 70s... Let me stop there for a second. Of course the 70s brought the most widespread attention because that's when we finally start noticing it. Just like in 1947, UFOs UFOs showing up in force brought the most widespread attention. Uh, Continuing here, it says, Broadly speaking, the debate about cattle mutilation falls into two camps. Those who see the mutilations as unexplained phenomena and those who see them as normal cattle deaths repackaged as something mysterious or paranormal. Okay, let me just stop there for a second. Here's what I see cattle mutilations as. It's not unexplained. I think I think their aliens are behind that. I think it's pretty clear. I think again we're we're being stupid if we don't acknowledge this. But again, we don't have that absolute positive scientific proof, and that's the problem. That that that's the problem. And and and, we're, and for whatever reason nobody's doing anything about it. We'll we'll, we'll get to that later here. It says uh, continuing here, it says for those in the unexplained camp, opinions have diverged about the possible explanations. Some law enforcement communities opined that the animals were being mutilated by people in strange quasi-religious rituals. In nineteen eighty, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police blamed the mutilations on an unidentified cult. The Department of Criminal Investigations in Iowa, meanwhile, asserted that the mutilations were being conducted by Satanists. Now let's just stop there for a second. There's been no there's no say nobody has ever Nobody has ever been arrested mutilating cattle in this fashion, ever, ever. If there was some satanic cult or some other cult out there doing something like this, they would have been caught by now. Something would have get the the, the, the case would have broken open by this point. Anyway, continuing here. <clears throat> Reports within the affected ranching communities indicated that the mutilations regularly regularly coincided with the sighting of mysterious unmarked helicopters. Some ranchers who suffered the worst losses believed the federal government had performed the mutilations for an assortment of reasons, including the testing of biological weaponry. Animosity for the government proved so heated that the Nebraska National Guard ordered their helicopters to cruise at 2,000 feet rather than the regular 1,000-foot altitude for their safety since panicky ranchers had begun shooting at helicopters. Let me, now, let me just stop there. I believe, and I've talked about this in a previous podcast, I believe that sometimes government officials do show up, and, and in helicopters, probably, when, 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 there's, when somebody, some, one of their, uh, s- some military unit detects UFOs in a certain area, and then they come f- swooping in trying to figure out what's there. I think that's possible... But I have... There is absolutely no way... I have... There, is, there would be no reason... Now I know like again... There's people... Even ufologists... People... Ufologists like Preston Dennett... Who will say... They think it's the government... Why would the government do that? Why wouldn't they just buy their own... If they wanted to mutilate cattle... Why don't they just buy their own cattle... And mutilate it in, at their leisure... on In some secret base somewhere? Why... Why sneak into somebody's ranch... And do it illegally like that? That makes absolutely zero sense... It doesn't make any sense at all... And in fact... Why would they do what they're doesn't? Why would they do that and just leave the bodies there to to cause needless fear? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, continuing here. I mean, yeah. Let me just stop before I continue. Let me just stop there. It makes needless sense, right? But the other part about it is that the government, for decades now, has been pretending UFOs aren't real and that there's no such thing as aliens from other worlds coming here, right? They've been trying to. That's the narrative they've been. Pushing all this time. So you're going to say that... Well, they're trying to scare people to think aliens are scary. Well, if they're trying to make you believe that aliens aren't here... Then why would they do that? That that makes absolutely zero sense. And besides... the the blood's missing some of these incidents happen so quickly like it happens sometimes it happens within a half an hour there's been some cases where it happened like very quickly where a rancher will see a cow and then with uh, 45 minutes later that same cow's completely dead and emaciated and its bones are broken as if it was dropped from a it picked up mutilated and then dropped from a height it doesn't make any sense it has to be something else it's it's extraterrestrials that's what it is anyway continuing here Others have blamed unidentified earthbound creatures. At Skinwalker Ranch, a property in northeastern Utah whose numerous paranormal activities were the subject of the book Hunt for the Skinwalkers, science confronts the unexplained at a remote ranch in Utah— Rancher Terry Sherman lost several heads of cattle to mutilation after buying the 512-acre property in 1996. Those mutilations coincided with several strange encounters. In one, Sherman saw a wolf-like creature three times the size of a normal wolf that was impervious to rifle fire. In another, a researcher saw an odd humanoid creature with piercing yellow eyes spying on him from a tree. Other have, cases have happened since on that property. Still, others tie the mutilations to possible extraterrestrial visits. Visitors, Filmmaker, science reporter, and Stanford-educated author Linda Moulton Howe has looked at more than 1,000 animal mutilation cases, winning an Emmy Award for those efforts with her 1980 documentary A Strange Harvest. In her 1989 follow-up book An Alien Harvest, further evidence linking animal mutilations and human abductions to alien life forms, Howe ultimately concluded after researching hundreds of cases that extraterrestrials were likely involved. One particularly compelling case linking animal animal mutilation and aliens involved lady a horse found dead and partially skinned at a ranch in Alamosa, Colorado, in September 1967. Within 24 hours of the incident, in which the animal's brain, lungs, heart, and thyroid were cleanly cut out, local Superior Court Judge Charles Bennett witnessed three orange rings in the sky flying in a triangular formation at incredible speeds. Two sheriff's deputies, meanwhile, reported being followed around by a floating orange globe. Now to me that doesn't sound like the government all right that sounds like extraterrestrials but again we're going to be let's all let's all be stupid like like we always are the human race as a whole let's all be stupid and pretend we don't understand what's going on here anyway continuing <clears throat> skepticism within the veterinary veterinary world of course the veterinarians are Oh, they're not going to go there no there's no such thing as aliens uh, Anyway, let's continue here. It says, some medical experts offer much more mundane explanations for animal mutilations. Veterinary pathologists point to the fact that scavengers tend to eat the soft tissue of a dead animal first, which might explain the missing external organs commonly described on the dead bovine. Bloodlessness, meanwhile, might be attributed to liver mortis. When an animal dies, the heart stops and the blood stops circulating, thus settling the blood via gravity, creating a bloodless effect in some Surface parts of a carcass. In Washington County, Arkansas, in 1979, the Sheriff's Department conducted an experiment. It placed a dead cow in a field for 48 hours and found it looked a lot like the ostensibly mutilated ones. Bacterial bloating had caused its skin to tear in an incision like manner, similar to what had been described in some ranchers' reports. Maggots and blowfly, blowflies, meanwhile, had cleaned out the animal's organs. And then here we go with this one, the final part of this article. It says, Cattle Mutilation as an Expression of Economic Anxiety. (laughs) Agricultural historian Michael Goldman theorizes that the 70s reports of cattle mutilation likely provided a way for independent, small-scale ranchers to express both their economic anxiety and their resentment for government interference. In agricultural life. According to Goldman, unexplained cattle death has always been a part of ranching. Cattle deaths were no higher year to year during the time of the reported mutilations than before or after. But most mutilation reports emerged at a time when the cattle industry was reeling. In the 1970s... So basically, we're going to talk... We're going we're gonna to pretend that... Uh, well, obviously, in the 1970s, people really started noticing this, okay? So there were cattle mutilations in the past, and people would just assume most likely, oh, must have been predators, I guess. What are you going to do? But then they start realizing. Wait a minute! This this doesn't this doesn't jibe. The eyeball's cut out, you know, perfectly. The the ear is chopped off perfectly. It's missing its tongue. It looks like it was uh, uh, cut out with a laser. It, it's missing the udder's gone. I mean, everything's gone, and there's no blood. People start opening their eyes in the 70s to this, but no, this guy's going to try to claim. Well, it's just uh, anxiety. People are having anxiety. We're having exp- it's a economic anxiety. Anyway, continuing. But most mutilations, mutilation reports emerged at a time when the cattle industry was reeling. In the 1970s, the U.S. government sent a lot of grain to food-insecure nations, driving up the domestic price of cattle feed. At the same time, President Richard Nixon intermittently froze the price of beef and other meat domestically to combat inflation. Cattle ranchers found themselves in a squeeze, and in 1975 Senate Agricultural Committee hearing... Uh, excuse me. In and in 1975, Senate in a 1975 Senate Agricultural, Agriculture Committee meeting, the president of the American National Cattlemen's Association said the industry had suffered operating losses of five billion dollars, plus a reduction in inventory in an inventory value of twenty billion, as evidence for his argument. Goldman points out that the alleged 70s mutilations occurred most frequently, frequently in states like Colorado and New Mexico, which had a higher percentage of small ranches most vulnerable to those governmental policies. Texas, meanwhile, reported considerably less of the phenomenon, despite having by far the most cattle in the country. Because the mutilations were contra- concentrated both geographically and over time, Goleman says paranormal activity seems a less likely explanation than a case of mass hysteria. See, again, this guy, what does he do? He sits back and re- reads this, re- looks at a sociology book and just, and makes his determination. Doesn't go out there and look at any of the evidence. Just sits there and reads a, so, a book, some economics books and a soci- sociology book and comes up with this conclusion. Hey, I figured it out! No, you didn't. No, you didn't, Goldman. Because guess what, Mr. Goldman? It's still going on. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. okay we are back uh now continuing with this discussion about cattle mutilations and what what the again it's something for all these decades right it's been both for the most part it's been all reactive okay ranchers experience cattle mutilations now you have these people in australia that we're just talking about experiencing cattle mutilations 20 of their 20 cattle died were killed since 19, since 2018 Right, and, and, and it's the same in the same format. You know, removed tongues with laser, removed ear with laser, removed eyeball with laser, removed anus with the laser, removed udder with the laser. No blood. Same thing over and over again. And they, and they're telling you right out. They believe it's aliens because they have no other explanation. And a lot of people have been saying this over the years. There's a lot of law, people in law enforcement will tell you this. A lot of times, off the record, because they don't want to be construed as nuts, right? But a lot of people—that's that's the explanation. It's the most obvious explanation. That's what it is. It's not predators. Predators, when predators attack, things are different than this. This, they, 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 uh, a coyote or a wolf doesn't come traipsing out of the forest holding a a, 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 a blade, you know, and, and, and one of those doctor lights on its heads, right? This ain't no. We're not living in a Looney Tunes cartoon right that's not how this works right the big bad wolf you know isn't dressed in a doctor's smock and, and carrying around precision laser instruments in, in in tall that's not how this works so let's why are we being stupid about this we are we are when human race we're all dumb about this for the most part now some of us are calling it out and i'm calling it out right now but particularly who i want to call out is a scientific community you know for decades they don't do anything they say there's no proof of extraterrestrials or anything but they never go out and they try they never really try to study these kind of things even even certain people that are trying to do the right thing right now like avi Loeb, for for instance right okay that's great he has the galileo project they're trying to study ufos they're trying to take images of uh ufos in this galileo project and they're gonna come up with the uh some report at some point in the future and he's planning on going out to the pacific ocean soon to to try to look for this meteor that landed somewhere in the pacific to determine if it's extraterrestrial or not okay okay that's all great and everything but you know why not look at this instead If you want to try to get proof of extraterrestrials, it seems like they can't stay away from cattle. They just can't stay away from it. It's obvious. And here you have, like for instance, you have this ranch in in Australia for 20 times now, right? Over the last five years, they've had mutilated cattle, unexplained, no blood, removed body parts, no evidence of anything else being there, no predator evidence, other cattle staying away from it. Why not... Come up with a scientific uh, expedition or scientific uh, uh, investigation into something like this. Why, why not camp out at, at one of these places and, and, and try to get the, the proof? You, I mean, if you want to try to get proof of of UFOs and extraterrestrials, this would be the place to do it, at one of these places. What, I mean, I think, to me, it's obvious, but nobody wants to do that. The, they don't even talk about it. It's not even something that's talked about, for the most part. I mean, the closest thing we have is like Skinwalker Ranch... But really, what's going on there? We have a TV show every week. And, and really, we don't get to the bottom of everything, anything really ever. It doesn't, doesn't seem. I mean, but I, I think, you know, if you look at some of these cat, hot spot cattle mutilation areas, right, that's where the focus should be well i don't understand why it's not i mean if you, if you're going to try to look for ufos why not hang hang out at some of these ranches why is it always reactive i mean all we ever get is like some ranchers you know beleaguered ranchers standing there and getting an interview with, during a documentary saying well yeah i was we had like 10 cattle got mutilated and then uh you know i went to the law enforcement they can't figure it out they're saying it must be a bunch of satanists or something and uh we stood out there all night with our shotguns one night. We saw some weird last The next day, there was another mutilated cattle. I mean, that's all we get, basically. There's always reactive. There's no proactive stuff going on. And you would think that the scientific community would be interested in this. I mean, you think the scientific community... Aren't they supposed to be studying science? Isn't this something scientific to look at? Oh, uh, Instead, we're left with people who are not scientists... Uh, giving us information, telling us about, well, yeah, we've got another dead cattle, the vet can't explain it, nobody can explain it, we don't know, I guess it's aliens. That's all we get. But we could possibly have the absolute proof if we were to actually go out and do it, and were, scientists were actually to go out and do something and study something, you know, p- put a big uh, investigation together, get a whole bunch of you guys, set it up where you have a whole bunch of cameras with telescopic lenses focused on every cow in the pasture over the for, the, for over the course of a year and see what happens maybe you'll get finally figure out what's going on and see how they're doing it see how these beings are doing it because they're a, apparently they're able to do it real quick and 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 then they're gone but if you if you're if you have something where you're where you're uh, uh some sort of investigation where you have cameras set up all around a certain property where, where where there's known to have regular cattle mutilations we can get to the bottom of it right Hey, and if it turns out to be predators coming out of the woods with with uh, precision uh, surgical instruments, hey, then then guess what? You were right the whole time. But I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be aliens coming down in little kinds of craft. That's what it's going to be. But again, nobody wants to do this. Okay, now we have like someone like, for instance, I see Eric Weinstein recently. Like this is a guy. You know, a lot of people are throwing praise at him. A lot of people in the UFO community throw praise at people like Eric Weinstein. He's a guy. Uh, former hedge fund manager and a podcaster and uh, somebody who has a PhD in, fi- in mathematical physics and i seen him on a recent interview where he was talking about alien UFOs and stuff like that and he's interested in the subject and that's great but but there's certain parts of the uh, of the extraterrestrial UFO phenomenon. he makes him uncomfortable like he doesn't want to talk about alien abduction or, or cattle mutilation. That's too crazy. that's too nuts to someone like Eric Weinstein why why is it too nuts it's part of it it's it's it, this is what you should be looking at anyway this is this is a tweet this is a, a series of tweets i'm going to read this this is from something that he put out on twitter in uh january of 2022 he says this because many of us in science have the opposite problem that is we need to reconsider ufos in the light of the 2021 department of defense report but without reconsidering every additional lunatic claim of the paranormal but ufos are linked to a whole lot of weird claims by otherwise normal insane folk the first two things i wanted to ignore were cattle mutilation and abduction i will be honest i still i still want to ignore them but in the cattle mutilation but the cattle mutilation slash death is hard to decouple then you get too many phds with security clearances talking about remote viewing as if that was fact all of this is just to say some of us who venture out here late in life are pretty unprepared. We would like to cut this off at alien visitation, which already feels nutty. Again, let's just stop there. Why does alien visitation feel nutty? I mean, didn't you look out in the sky? Don't I mean, didn't you go out and look at the night sky already and see all those stars out there, those billions of stars? Don't you see that? I mean, how stupid are we? I mean, how stupid are we to think that there's nothing else out there that that these things, that these mysterious things that are happening around us, aren't extraterrestrial? How stupid? How blind are we? We're just a lot of scientists, even people like Eric Weinstein. I don't want to know. I'll, I'll look at the UFO stuff, but don't talk about alien abduction or cattle mutilation. That's too much for me. Anyway, continuing. Ah. Uh. But the UFO world doesn't seem to want to stop there. I challenge anyone to try to get this to stop at UFOs. You can't stop it at UFOs. No matter how much you want to, cattle mutilation and alien abductions all part of it. Anyway, continuing. I've seen zero evidence of remote viewing claims, but I have seen a large number of claimed cattle mutilations, and the acting abilities needed for many of the encounter stories is wildly surprising to find broadly dis- distributed in places far from Hollywood. No idea what to think. I'm just reconsidering my own earlier UFO dismissal, but if you are a STEM person, it's hard to know how to limit UFOs to just UFOs. Be warned. UFOs equals encounter stories, equals abduction stories, claims about consciousness, remote viewing, etc. Not a clean situation. Okay. Okay, it's not clean. What does that matter? So what if it's not a clean... Okay, it does. it's not nutty. There's nothing nutty about the extraterrestrial presence here. there's nothing nutty about it it's as natural as can possibly be it's no. it's no different than that the fact that there's sharks swimming in the ocean it's no different that there's elephants running around africa there's it's no different than there's birds flying in the sky it's just it's all part of this whatever this is it's all part of it and it's and it's happening uh anyway continuing It's no wonder we avoid the topic. He's talking about scientists. Okay. Tons and tons of otherwise seemingly credible people making hyper-explicit personal claims. No conclusive proof. Secret of government culture. It's an ugly issue to reconsider, but it seems too fake to be real and too extensive to all be fake. Okay. Now that was... I mean again I'm happy with people like this I'm happy that you know someone like an Eric Weinstein decides okay yeah it's time that we start taking UFOs a little bit seriously but at the same time you got to take everything. you do it. unfortunately right unfortunately you got to take the rest of it for real too I can tell you this there were, there were some aspects of this whole phenomenon that when I first heard it I thought it was crazy I, th- I mean, years ago when I first heard people talking about aliens actually showing up in their bedrooms, but walking through walls, I just, I couldn't accept that. It's not, that, that, that can't be, right? I, I, when you first hear it, it sounds crazy. I mean, if, if, if you're someone out there who's right now for the first time hearing this, for the first time, and you, you never considered that there's a possibility that something could actually walk through solid matter, well guess what I, I i'm with you I, I i understand but now i've changed my mind over that i actually because of one of my personal experiences and i talked about that before in 2007 when i was living in hawaii i had a dog and and that dog disappeared under mysterious circumstances and it all boils down to something passing through solid matter i could never wrap my mind around it until it took me years to, to realize what you know I had to accept the uh, unbelievable because that's what happened and I'll tell the story again for those who haven't heard it basically I was living in Hawaii in 2007 I had a house uh, on the in, in near Hilo it was but it was basically uh built on stilts because it was like a tropical rainforest there and you know of course it rained a lot and and you could actually walk underneath the house right and Uh, All around the house was this low to the ground jungle vegetation, but you could see over a lot of it. I mean, it was, you know, it came up to your knee or your calf, you know, a lot of it. But I had just gotten this dog from one of my friends there. uh, And this dog was very wild. It was hard to control. It was part uh, Jack Russell Terrier and part something else. I don't know what, but it was a pretty tall dog. So I don't know. I don't know what the other half was. It was a mutt but then I was trying to train the dog while I was going to work and it was very tough and I only had the dog for like a few weeks and I, it was a Saturday morning and I went out to cut the grass well you could, not to cut the grass you had to cut the weeds basically it wasn't grass it was all this house was built on lava rock basically so you had a you know every week you'd have to go out with a weed whacker and go and hit the weeds down around the house uh, and so I didn't want to leave the dog in the house because I, I figured you know the sound would drive her crazy and she'd be running back through the house and tear the whole place up so I brought her outside with me, but I hooked her up to a, a big, I had this long chain, and I hooked the one, the one end of the chain to her collar, and the other end I wrapped around one of the stilts holding up the house, and I, li- I locked it in the, into one of the links. And I started cutting that, cutting those weeds with, that, with this weed whacker, and the dog was going wild, pulling on the chain and everything. And I turned around. I told her to calm down and everything. And I turned around for five seconds, hit a couple of weeds underneath the house. And when I turned back around, the dog was completely gone. So I figured she must have been uh, so upset about the sound of the weed whacker that she broke the chain somehow and took off. So I had to stop what I was doing, and I'm looking all around the house trying to look for it. I can't find her. Calling her. Her name was Goldie. I couldn't find her. I'm looking in all this 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 dense vegetation all around the house trying to find this dog. Could not find her. Uh, went out. There's a dirt road that led to another dirt road. I went out there looking for the dog. Couldn't find the dog. And I figured, well, then I started, I'm looking for her for about an hour. She's not coming. So then I, I decided, well, you know, maybe she there was a highway about three or four miles away, right? And I thought, well, what if she ran all the way to the highway? So I maybe somebody picked her up and took her. There was a nearby animal shelter. So I actually drove to the animal shelter to see if she was there. She wasn't there. I came back to the house. I looked for her for another like 45 minutes or hour. It was like two and a half hours she was missing. That's how I could tell you that. And then I just gave up. I sat down. I, when I gave up, I sat down on the steps. Right when I gave up, she rose up right in front of me in these bushes that I had just looked in. Right. I just looked in these bushes like three or four times, and and she just rose up right in those bushes right in front of me, and the chain was still attached to her. Now I didn't think anything at the time. I thought, well, she must have been hiding there the whole time, and I just didn't see her. But then she came out of that, uh, she came out of that jungle, and that chain was still attached to her. And and the weirdest part about it was that the end of the chain, the other end of the chain, was still in a loop. uh, Like I said, I had wrapped it around that post and, 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 and and locked it into one of the links, but it was still in that loop somehow. So I was thinking, how the hell did that happen? I had her tied to this post here. Right and, and the stilt that's holding up the house. So I went over to the, the, where I had her and I looked. I'm looking. The stilt went all the way into the ground. There was no space anywhere along it where that loop could have went through. And then I was thinking, well, maybe it was a different place I could have tied her up to. Maybe I'm mistaken. So I went to all the different possible places where I could have had her tied, and there was nowhere, nowhere. There was it was impossible. I I couldn't understand what what happened. What just happened, right? But somehow that chain was still in the link, and that dog got away, it disappeared, basically disappeared for two and a half hours and then reappeared right in front of me. Now, I, at the time, I didn't think it was extraterrestrials until some uh, uh, later on, some years later, when I saw something about Skinwalker Ranch and some of the things that happened to that Sherman family where there was some, like, poltergeist-type activity. That's when I put two and two together, and that's when I realized that most likely... I'm not saying 100% with that case, right? But I think it's very possible it was extraterrestrials. And, of course, I had an incident when I, in 1977 when I was a kid where an alien being showed up in my room. And, when I, and how did it get there? I don't know. You hear all these stories of people telling you over and over again, all different people who are abductees on a regular basis tell people that, that these beings come right, right through the walls. So you got to think to yourself, if something's a million years more advanced than you are, well, maybe they figured something out that we just can't even dream of yet. So now I think differently about that. I think, obviously, maybe they do have some sort of power, to obviously, to get through walls, as crazy as it sounds. But I think that's where some scientists are. They, they, if you're going to look at this, again, getting back to the cattle mutilations, this is the way to prove it. It seems like they these beings, obviously, they can't stay away from the cattle for whatever reason. Obviously, if, say, say this uh, uh, electronics engineer I talk to all the time. Say that this guy is right what if it is they they're insects and they need to, they live off blood just like a a praying mantis lives off blood some of them right so maybe one of maybe these things live off blood too and this is how they do it this is how they 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 need they need to eat too that's all it is it's just a matter of survival and that's what they're doing they're they're stealing they're killing cows taking the blood what they're doing with the tongues ears you know udders and all that other stuff maybe that's a delicacy an insect delicacy who knows right but what but it seems like they're the ones behind this but the way to prove it scientifically would be to stake one of these places out, go to one of these places, get a, a, a whole big giant group of scientists and hang out there with the best kind of equi- video recording equipment you could possibly get. I, I, I'm not sure exactly what you have to do. I'm not, I'm not a uh, physicist or anything like that, but I'm sure th- these people can figure something out, some way to, to, to try to get this proof, this undeniable proof. Because, like again, the government, has, the government for certain has the United States government, along with other governments of the world, continues to cover this up, you know, because they're a bunch of creeps, all right. They continue to keep this incredible story from the public for all these decades, uh, and it seems like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure this out for ourselves, go over their heads, so to speak, and maybe this way, looking at cattle mutilations. That might be the way to do it. That seems like they need to eat. If that's what they're doing it keeps on happening, you have that place in Australia, why not stake out that place for like a year straight with the best kind of equipment you could come up with? Or, or, or some place, there's a place, different places in Colorado or New Mexico where these things are happening. Figure it out. That's what, see, our scientific community, they're... They're dumb when it comes. They're just not thinking good enough when it comes to this. They're not thinking outside the box to get to the bottom of this. This is what they need to do. Anyway, until next time.